We got the whole first wave of free agency, trades, players that are still unsigned, states of certain teams, winners and losers. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a crazy episode. Episode 142 of the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast. Let's go. Welcome in Tuesday, July the 19th. This is the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast. Kyle Marty hosts as always Instagram and Twitter at ST Hockey Podcast. I've been a little slow on that, but I plan on picking it back up. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Another article of the Hockey Writers out. Uh, just had one uh, about the reasoning why and, and the player that the Canucks are getting in Ilya Mikheyev, of course, one of the many players signed to this free agency. And then I got another one in the works right now discussing that they could still be making moves. Speaking of moves, free agency, a lot of guys signing, a lot of different names, a lot of different teams. Also, a few trades that went on as well. Winners and losers, basically going over some of the teams that we think maybe uh, came out better than where they started. And maybe some teams that are worse, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I'll explain why. Uh, talk about some of the names that are still left on the board, including a couple big ones too. And uh, one team in particular, I think a lot of things could be solved. And why I think the Leafs are not nearly in as bad a situation as I'm seeing some people online. Thank God that people on Twitter or online aren't actual general managers or hold any power whatsoever. Because... <laughs> Uh, the decision making that goes on and just the inconsistency and in the back and forth is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, all right. So for the free agency, these are going to be the quick hits. I'm going to get into Johnny Gaudreau after because I'm going to do a deeper dive into him and then what happens with the Flames later on as well. But a lot of early signings players. I'll just kind of start and I'm, I'm just going to go by name. I'm just going to kind of go down the list of what I see here. Uh, Dallas Stars signing forward Mason Marchman. It's a four-year deal at $4.5 bucks. 27 years of age, had 47 points in 54 games from the Florida Panthers. And now he goes to Dallas. It's a good mix over there where um, they really needed some more secondary scoring. Uh, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan hurt a little bit last year. Jason Robertson, um, uh, Joe Pavelski were really the ones that carried them offensively. So this is a nice mix. And... Alexander Radulov went to the KHL. Uh, David Perron for the Blues, no longer. Detroit Red Wings, two-year deal, $4.75 million. Uh, he's honestly one of the NHL's basically hidden gems. And he's like not a hidden gem, but he's always... Everybody always understands that David Perron's a really good player, and then everyone forgets about him. And now that he's like into his 30s, he's uh, averaging over a point per game per season. He is a guy that regardless of where he has gone has always made it work and you know now he goes on a two-year deal with 4.75 million dollars Detroit also signed Andrew Kopp to a I believe is a five-year contract where he is now going to be in the top six along with him they also signed Dominic Kubalik they also brought in Ben Sherratt in a trade or they signed him uh for a four-year deal at 4.75 million dollars so um whether you want to say it's a lot more money. Anyways, we're going to go through them all. But nevertheless, uh, the big one there is David Perron, who's now 34 years of age. 
Still going strong, now a member of Detroit. Seattle Kraken signing Stanley Cup champion Andre Burakovsky. It is a five-year deal with $5.5 million. I knew there was no way he was ending up back in Colorado. Colorado in a couple years has to sign Nathan McKinnon. There's also talks about them potentially signing a free agent that's still there. And um, so Seattle gets a really good top six forward. Only 27 Uh, I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential there, but 61 points last year, all 82 games he played, which is really amazing. It's a good move by Ron Francis, solidifies another top six forward. Tampa Bay made a lot of big signings, uh, and guys who were already on their team. Anthony Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, Eric Chernak, all eight-year deals. Sorelli comes in at 625. Sergachev 8-5, Chernak 5-2. Sergachev and Chernak are both defensemen. All three of them were RFA. Sorelli, the center, yeah, kind of that. I feel like immediately Sorelli's cap it's going to be a bargain. 6-2-5. Sorelli's still relatively young as well. He was developed, he was brought up, and he's in his mid-20s. So the eight-year deal, while you think about it, mid-20s takes you to early 30s. It's not like signing a 29 or 30-year-old to a seven or eight-year deal. Because then that brings them to like 36, 37. That's where the deals get out of hand. But if you get a guy on an eight-year deal, like 25 years of age, you get him to 33. 33 at, at 625 is money. Sergachev's 8-5. Makes a lot of sense. McDonough's not there anymore. A lot of that money was freed up to re-sign Sergachev. He basically slots into the top four, and he is a very, very good young defenseman. Finally being paid, I think, the money that he deserves. And then Chernak, 5-2. Super underrated defensive defenseman. He has come in massive for Tampa Bay, specifically in the playoffs. And um, listen, I know Tampa Bay lost one of their guys, but you got to give some credit to Julian Breezebaugh for signing as many of his guys as he possibly can. Now it goes with Stamkos, Point, Vasilevsky, Kucherov. They are going to be a juggernaut, and they're not being dismantled anytime soon. Oilers re-signed defenseman Brett Kulak. It's a four-year deal with $2.75 million annually. He's 28 years of age. He was actually a weirdly good fit with Edmonton, and I think it was just due to the fact that he's not an offensive defenseman. Like, he plays more defense than offense. And listen, go over some of the defensemen on Edmonton. They don't have a lot of those. You know, Darnell Nurse is kind of a back and forth. He was forced to play more defense last year, but he had an offensive outburst the year prior. Tyson Berry, a lot known a lot more for his offensive production. Ethan Bear, when he was there, more offensive. Um, even Evan Bouchard, his time with the London Knights, an offensive defenseman. He can absolutely hammer the puck. Uh, and Cody Cece is, you know, he's been okay, but he's not like the stone, like the stalwart defenseman. So I really like... Um, he, he also had better underlying numbers than any other um, Edmonton defenseman. So that's a good move for them. It's under $3 million, 6'1", 197 pounds, 13 points, 34 games. I like the move. It stabilizes the second pairing a little bit. I like him. Canucks signing Ilya Mikheyev, four-year deal. He had 21 goals, 32 points last year in 53 games. The deal is worth $4.75 million. Now, he came out of the KHL in 2018-2019. He has been signing one- and two-year deals, making less than $2 million per. Broke out last season with 21. Now he gets a contract with, um, with Vancouver. I wrote a piece on this. I think the money's a little too rich for me. I would have given him maybe four by... Three and a half, maybe at the max. Uh, but it's it's the 21 goals that stick out and to everybody. Um, one of the fastest players in the league. He's got all the tools to develop. He's a very good penalty killer. And remember, 
Vancouver's penalty kill was the bottom three last year. They were abysmal killing penalties. He's going to help that. Uh, Secondary scoring really hurt Vancouver last year. They had their guys, Miller, who put up almost 100 points. They had um, Horvat and Besser. And then Garland was kind of their next guy. Obviously, Hughes, too. But then after those five, the point totals dropped dramatically. So they need more guys to really shore up the uh, secondary scoring. And listen, he's 27. The four-year deal takes him to, to 31. Vancouver... They had some space to do it. They made the move. I'm assuming JT Miller is no longer going to be back, but I think uh, I think for the non, for a better lack of terms, like the non flashy areas of the ice, like the goal scoring and power play, that's not going to be really affected. A little bit of secondary scoring, but he's fast. He's a good two way player. He's a great penalty killer. All the things Vancouver needs. So they already had they already had the, the elite guy. They need someone a little bit more defensively uh, aware. That's what McKayev's going to bring. Even if it costs you a little more, that's what free agency is. So, nevertheless, it's a signing is for a Vancouver four-year deal. Uh, Chicago, Andreas Anthony, CU, Max Domi, one-year deals, both $3 million. Uh, they were teammates in junior, by the way, and then reunited at 27. They both come in. There's still lots of potential there. And Domi, who, listen, he had a 72-point season when he was in Montreal. And you never know if you give him big minutes, if you put him with Patrick Kane, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, it's some guys find a new team, a new situation, and immediately thrive. Some don't. Maybe he does. Andreas Anthony same thing. He was a guy out of the Detroit Red Wings program that... He was going to be a big part of their team. They're both former first-round picks. They never panned out the teams that drafted them. They've moved a little bit. Anthony CU actually was pretty solid last year with the Kings, and now he gets a chance in Chicago to probably play some really big minutes with a lot of moves that Chicago's making. Um, one of the trades that was made, huge one, Hurricanes, Brent Burns. They acquire Burns from the Sharks and forward uh, Lane Peterson in exchange for forward Steven Lorenz and uh, goaltending prospect. I believe it is pronounced E2 McEnany and a conditional third round pick as well. So this is the official start of the Mike Greer era in San Jose. Uh, I think it was kind of between Eric Carlson and Brent Burns on who to move. I guess the Hurricanes like Burns over him. They made the deal. I believe they're still eating a third of the contract for Brent Burns. So it now moves his AAV from $8 million per season to $5.36 million for Carolina. I think it's a good deal. Now, he's 37. He's got a few years left on the deal. The deal basically rolls until they're 40. He'll be serviceable. Because of how special he can be. And he's not going to be necessarily the top guy. And you can pair him with a guy like Jacob Slavin. Who will immediately make him better. Uh, now the Sharks got a little bit of room to free up. And now the Mike Greer era goes. Uh, I think it's a great move for Carolina. They get a guy in Brent Burns. Because they're going for it now. Carolina's going for it now. Um, and then they did some other things too. They made a trade. And they then acquired Max Pacioretty. For basically future considerations. And a prospect. Vegas, essentially, they need to shed cap, and this is all traced back to the Jack Eichel move. I have no idea why they did it. They traded away Tage Thompson, who's cheap, and he put up 37 goals last year. Eichel was hurt, never really helped out a whole lot with that team. I just feel bad for Eichel, to be honest with you. Everywhere he goes, he's the player. As much as people criticize, I don't know, John Tavares or anyone who makes his stupid amount of money, and at least those teams are making the playoffs and are good teams. You couldn't do, like, Buffalo was horrendous. 
with Jack Eichel. Then Eichel gets moved. I know he's hurt, all that stuff too. He gets moved. He got a $10 million cap. <laughs> and then Vegas doesn't make the playoffs, and now they got to shed cap. And you trade one of the most consistent 30 goal scorers in the league in Max Pacioretty over to Carolina. Now Carolina is loaded. You've got Svechnikov, Aho. Um, now you've got uh, Pacioretty, Burns on the back end, your goaltending tandems in, in check. My goodness, that team is going to be crazy. All right, let's rip through these. Jack Campbell, five-year deal. We knew this one. Both parties basically, this was rumored in like June. Five-year deal at $5 million per. Uh, he's now 30 years of age. It's, uh, it's, it's a little bit more length than maybe I would have given Campbell, but nevertheless, it's a deal that immediately solidifies the, the goaltending position for Edmonton. It was one that was kind of well maligned, but Mike Smith actually played really well last year in the playoffs, so I, uh, you know, they're happy with the deal. They made the deal, and uh, Jack Campbell's an oiler. Red Wings signed Andrew Kopp, five-year deal, $5.625 million. Uh, the reason that the term is 5.625 AAV, he's 28 years old, it's five years. So he takes him to 33, it's not a seven-year deal, and Detroit, Iserman's making his making his mark now, he's signing his guys, dependable middle six guy, put up some decent points, good penalty killer, pitches in offensively, um, really solid, play. Like, this is a guy you want in the playoffs basically, and uh, I, I like the deal, it was rumored that he was going to go there, he's from the area, made a lot of sense. Vinny Trocek, seven-year deal with the Rangers, $5.65 million as well. So basically two more years than, um, than Andrew Kopp, but he goes to the Big Apple. He replaces Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom signed to the Anaheim Ducks. It is a, uh, a deal there, and Ryan Strom gets picked up. I believe it's $5 million AAV. Sen signed Claude Giroux, three-year deal. Uh, Pierre Dorian doing a great job is now kind of really opening things up. They got to bring it in the trade. Now Giroux gets a $6.5 million cap hit. They join Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla, Drake Batherson. And uh, now Giroux, 34, not the 100-point guy they used to be, but listen, he had 23 points in 18 regular season games, 8 points in 10 playoff games. It's a good Add. He's from the area. It all makes sense. Capital signing Ilya Samsonov, or uh, capital signing Darcy Kemper, sorry, five year deal, $5.25 million. They traded Vitek Vanacek. They let Ilya Samsonov become a UFA and not issuing a qualifying offer. So he is now the guy moving forward. Darcy Kemper, 32 years of age. So the deal takes him to 37. Really solid goaltender. Uh, finding his late career home, really. And, uh, you know, now he's just got to stay healthy. He's had a little bit of injury issues. He had a 918 save percentage through 300 career games, but um, he was he basically deemed ex uh, expendable by the cup champ Avalanche when they traded for the rights to Alexander Georgiev on a three-year deal. And now Kemper goes to Washington. Washington's got their guy. Speaking to Ilya Samsonov, he's a one-year prove-it deal with Toronto, $1.8 million. He now joins Matt Murray in the goaltending crease. And uh, with $4.7 million going to Murray, the Leafs are now spending $6.5 million on goaltending. I love this deal. I don't know what to tell you. 25-year-old uh, first-round pick goaltender. What do we say about goaltenders? What do we just say about Darcy Kemper? Developed late. We see guys develop when they're 26, 27, 28 years old into the guys that they are. Goalies don't develop at 22. They don't develop at 23. And Washington tried to make Sam Sonoff that guy when they had Brayden Holpe. Sam Sonoff comes over. It's a prove-it deal. He's not going to be the guy. But it's $1.8 bucks. If he works, great. If he doesn't, 
either bring him back for another cheap deal and all of a sudden he hits or you let him go. Like there's, there's no, I don't think there's any risk of this deal whatsoever. Was he great last year? No. You know who also wasn't great defensively last year? Washington. It blows my mind. As a goaltender, and I can say this because I was a goaltender. As a goalie, I just mentioned it with Jack Campbell, with Darcy Kemper, all those guys. Look at the teams that look at the teams that that had those goaltenders. Colorado with Kemper. Kemper won a cup. Leafs had Campbell. Campbell's making 1.6 million last year. He's the starting goalie in the Leafs. They had the best record uh, they've ever had in their franchise's history. If you've got a good team in front of you, your goaltending's probably really good. Now the argument is, well, Kyle, Samsonov had a, a really good Washington team in front of him. Yeah, but they could score. Were they great defensively? Right, can make the same argument for Toronto. Jack Campbell put up good numbers early, kind of faded a little bit. Darcy Kemper only had a 902 in the playoffs. They still won games. And by the way, Sam Sonoff, he had a year where he was a 914 save percentage in his first year or two. Last year he had a nine, he has he, so he has a 902 in 89 career games. Underlying numbers aren't necessarily better, but maybe a change of scenery does a lot as well. So anyways, I like the move for Toronto. It's a safe, short-term bet. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, you can move on from it. Devils trade uh, Pavel Zaka to the Bruins for Eric Halla. Zaka, who's 25-year-old RFA, coming off a $2.25 million AAV. As of today, he does not have uh, a new deal. Uh, while Eric Halla, who's 31 on a seventh team, by the way, has one year left on his deal carrying $2.375 million. Hala put up 55 and 44 point seasons. Um, and Pavel Zaka, just a younger version, gets to go over to Boston. Avs keep Josh Manson, four-year deal, $18 million. It's 4.5 AAV per. And he gets to stay with the team that, honestly, I've heard he's a fantastic teammate and he fits that mold very well. And Colorado locked up one of their guys. Robert Thomas, eight-year deal. $8.125 million per year. Uh, honestly, I think it's a great deal for both sides. Now, a lot of people who are like, well, one, Robert Thomas is 23 years of age. Two, he had over a point-per-game season last year, and now he is playing with Jordan Cairo, also a young star, their running mate. He's an excellent two-way center. He's physical. He's great in the playoffs. He's locked up. You don't got to worry about it anymore. I, a lot of people thought it was high. I feel like those people don't really know who Robert Thomas is as a player. I knew him when he was with the Knights. He's basically signed until 2030. He signed until 31 years old. It's a perfect contract. You pay for prime years of players. This is what that deal does. And then Oilers re-signing Evander Kane. Four-year deal. Uh, $5.125 million. I'm not going to say a whole lot on Evander Kane. Just based on everything going on in his personal life. As a player, 39 points in 43 games. Maybe he could have gotten more in the market, but nevertheless, um, I'm not a fan of him as, a, as an individual based on everything that's going on. Now, I don't know both sides of the story, but I'm not going to comment anymore. Um, unfortunately, there's still a lot going on with him behind the scenes that uh, needs to be addressed before anything comes to fruition. The jury's still out, so I'm not saying anything else. 
Uh, other deals. Uh, Devils add Andre Platt, five-year, $30 million deal. Strom's deal with the Ducks is a five-year contract. It is a $5 million AAV as well. Uh, Devils have just signed Vitek Vanacek, three-year deal, $3.4 million per. Sharks and Kapokakinen avoid arbitration with a two-year deal as well. Canucks signed goaltender uh, Montembeau to a two-year agreement. The Leafs re-signed Pierre Engvall, one-year, $2.25 million deal. They also signed Cali Yarncroft to a four-year, $8.4 million contract. The deal is going to give him $2.1 million per. They also signed Victor Mete, Jordy Ben to one-year, $750,000 deals. Kevin Lankin and the new backup in uh, Nashville. It is a one-year contract with a cap hit of $800,000. Sorry, just trying to get through all the lists here because there are a lot of different uh, deals going on. Habs re-signed Rem Pitlick to two-year deal. Oilers add Matias Yanmark on a one-year $1.25 million. Uh, we'll get to some a couple other trades later on as well. Um, Dylan Strome to Washington, one-year, $3.5 million deal. Josh Norris, eight-year contract, $63.6 million with the Ottawa Senators. They lock up another big gun for them. Red Wings signed Mark Pissick to a one-year, $800,000 deal. Uh, Riley Smith re-signed in Vegas, five-year, $15 million, $5 million per. Uh, Kraken bring in uh, Justin Schultz and... Uh, goaltender Martin Jones to contracts for their organization. Uh, I'm just trying to get to all of them here so that you're all caught up just in case. I, I don't want to miss a player and you guys are just sitting there like, well, like, what about this guy? Uh, the Flames re-signed um, uh, Nikita Zadorov to your deal with $3.75 million. Erica Branson goes to Columbus on a four-year deal with like $4.5 million. Andre Kasha to the Hurricanes on a one-year deal. And... Um, Colin Miller, two-year deal with the Dallas Stars. Flyers bring um, Nick Delorier and Ryan Braun to contracts as well. And I think I've covered the majority of it. Ben Sherratt to the Red Wings. We mentioned that one. feel like that's pretty good. And the Penguins sign Jan Ruda to a three-year deal as well. I know that there are players I miss, but I I, I got to get... There's a lot of other things we got to talk about today, so... I apologize in advance, but I, I did as many as I possibly could because I want to get some other things in the podcast today. The big signing in free agency, Johnny Gaudreau taking his talents to Columbus. It is a seven-year deal, $9.75 million per with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Apparently, Calgary offered an eight-year, $10.5 million deal, which means he left about $16 million on the table before taxes, before joining Columbus. Everyone's asking, why Columbus? Why Columbus? What's the reasoning here? One, uh, Johnny Gaudreau is a he's 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 born in the United States. He's an American player, and a lot of American players. We've heard it: Josh Manson, John Gibson. Whenever they do a modified no trade clause, and they have ten teams on their no trade, the majority of those players that have those contracts in the laid out for them. A lot of those teams are Canadian teams. A lot of American players want to stay in America. That's totally fine. Now, Calgary rolled out the red carpet, offered him more money, fan base, team is really good. I think this is just about a family decision. I really do. As much as there, like, there is a bit of loyalty involved, especially like, with hockey, it's different than football and basketball. Basketball, you get out of contracts. Players ask for trades. Football players get cut. It's not all guaranteed. When a hockey player signs a contract, that's the contract. 
you don't restructure it like they do in the NFL. You don't demand players can ask for trades for sure. It happens far less, and just in in fairness to the players who have asked for deals, it happens to less. It, it does. It's not necessarily always superstars. Like the big one was the Eric Lindros one, Line A and Dubois. You know what I mean? Crosby's a Penguin forever. Ovechkin is a Capital forever. From what I think, McDavid's probably staying in Edmonton forever. Matthews is probably staying in Toronto forever. McKinnon's probably going to stay in Colorado forever. I could be totally wrong on those, but it's more likely they stay than leave. Johnny Gaudreau is on the minority side, where he went, it's not about money, clearly. I think it was a hard decision. I think that's why he took right up until the deadline to make the choice on whether he was going to test for agency or resign. But... He also, him and his wife are just having a, a baby. Family's probably a little closer. They don't have to get on a plane. It was probably a little more difficult being in Calgary. I know that the pandemic was hard on everybody, but, you know, it's it's tough when you're so far away from your family. And I feel like that's kind of what Johnny Gaudreau unfortunately had to go through. And ultimately, it's a long-term contract. I think he's looking at it per year where it's less than a million dollars per year that he's really giving up. I know it's $16 million total, but... It's the decision he made. And this is a good thing for the league for Columbus. Columbus has been known as the franchise that can't keep their superstars. They can't keep players. They can't sign free agents. Artemi Panarin, gone. Matthew Shane, gone. Rick Nash, gone. You know, now this is a sign that, hey, we can bring in free agents. And maybe now players look and be like, oh, I want, I want to play with Johnny Gaudreau over in Columbus. They make a deal over there. Um, I think, yeah, I Brad True Living, general manager of the Flames, also said that he believes that the deal was made based on family. Uh, he was also linked to Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York. Now, why apparently didn't he sign there? Well, one, Philadelphia was never in it. Based on Elliot Freeman, Chris Johnson, Philadelphia did not have the cap room to sign him and evidently never made him an offer. Philly was his number one choice. Philly didn't have the cap space. They did not feel like they could get a deal done to trade away James Van Riemsdyk to free up the cap. They also made the decision to sign Tony D'Angelo to a two-year, $10 million deal. They also bought out Oscar Lindblom, who I believe signed with the Sharks. Um, the Devils were apparently close. They had a seven-year deal over $9 million as well. I know the Islanders ran on it, but the Islanders never went as high as Columbus, and Columbus made the better deal. I think Columbus may be a little bit of a better option than the Islanders, and maybe he sees it as like, all right, there's Zach Wierenski, there's Patrick Laine. Like, Goudreau is like, I could play with Laine. I could pass him the puck, he can score. Um, I, I, I was hearing a lot, too, of like Columbus as like this like destination that players don't want to go to. Like, from what I've been told, and I've never been before, but it, like, it sounds like it's a great city. Like, there are some players that love the lifestyle of New York, that love the lifestyle of Toronto, and that's fine. But, you know, some people like the laid-back, suburban, quiet Columbus where you're not the center of attention as much as, you know, there's pressure in the NHL everywhere, for sure. But when you get to go home to your house in the suburbs and it's quiet, you know your neighbor's first names, I I, kind of get a little bit. I'd want to play in, like, the Meccas, but, like, I'm also not playing in the NHL. So, he also played at the World Championships with Zach Renski. So, Goudreau's familiar with some of the players on the team, and 
you know, it's in central Ohio. It's somewhat close. And, you know, that's the deal. That get, so 609 points in like 620 career games with the Flames. Had a 115-point season. That's another thing. He's coming off of like a career-high season hitting the 40-goal mark for the first time, too. He was absolutely electric last year, and I'm happy for I'm happy for Columbus. It sucks for Calgary. I'm not saying don't be sad, Calgary, but, like, you know, it's it, the Islanders went through the same thing with John Tavares, and the Islanders went to the conference finals for two straight years, so <laughs> not that that's a guarantee to happen, but you know what I mean? Like, there are other options that could potentially happen, and... You know, we'll see what Calgary does next. They got their other, they got a lot of other things still to feel, deal with right now, including Matthew Kachuk, who we're going to get to in a second here. Uh, quickly go over some of the other free agents that are still available. Forwards, Nazem Kadri, Phil Kessel, Nino Niederreiter, Paul Stasny, Evan Rodriguez, Sonny Milano, Ryan Donato, Alex Galchenyuk, Tyler Bozak, a lot of players still up for grabs defensively. John Klingberg, P.K. Subban, Calvin DeHaan. Jack Johnson's still a free agent. Anton Strollman, Ryan Hag. Uh, goaltending, it's really thin. Kind of still waiting to see what Braden Holpe and his uh, future looks like. And then Andrew Hammond are really the only names right there. But nevertheless, still still some names. And as of this moment, I haven't gotten anything else. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of have to wait and see. Uh, a few trades. Uh, we mentioned a couple earlier with um, with with Pacioretty, with uh, Brent Burns, Pavel Zaka. Uh, Capitals acquired Connor Brown from the Sens for a second round pick. Connor Brown has one year left at three point six million dollars. Good middle six forward, penalty killer, much of his career, twenty goal scorer. I think it's a great move for both teams. Connor Brown was looking to move off Ottawa. Washington needed a maybe top six, top nine winger. They get one. They can live with a second-round pick. It's a good deal for both teams. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins made some moves as well. They sent John Marino to the Devils for Ty Smith and a third-round pick. They then sent Mike Matheson and a fourth-rounder to the Canadians for Jeff Petrie and Ryan Paling. Uh, so basically the way it works, uh, the defensive system, and, and this is what comes in. Ty Smith, Jeff Petrie, Ryan Paling, and a third for John Marino, Mike Matheson, and a fourth. So the way that the Penguins... Current deep core looks like includes Brian Dumlin, Chris Latang, Marcus Peterson, Jeff Petrie, uh, Pio Joseph, Rian Ruda, and Ty Smith and Chad uh, Runewell. The Penguins have about $2 million left in cap space. A lot of people aren't thrilled with the whole Petrie deal and that they they took on the two, uh, they took on the whole $6 million deal, but Petrie's going to slot in beautifully. Jeff Petrie was at his best when he was on the second pairing behind Shea Weber. I think he's going to kind of recapsulate himself behind Chris Letang. Now, based on the, uh, from Evolving Hockey, their analytics and Corsi 4, Jeff Petrie, way better metrics than John Marino. But Petrie is 34 years of age. Marino is significantly younger. He's only 25. Marino has a, has a 4.4 cap it for the next five seasons. And Jeff Petrie's got 6.25 coming off his worst season ever with three more years on that deal. Uh, the Penguins are in win-now mode. The Penguins are not in the, the mode to develop players and slowly immerse them within their system. They're over it. Um, they're looking for guys today, thinking that they're going to bounce back and be the players that they need them to be because Malkin and Crosby and Latang are their guys and they're riding with them into the sunset. Malkin, obviously, that six-year deal or I think five-year deal, whatever it was to stay with the team. 
Uh, Latang got six, so those guys are they're going for it for as many years as they possibly can. At least another year, maybe two. Uh, Matheson, uh, probably a really solid top four defenseman. Twenty eight. He's got a four year deal at four point eight seven five million dollars. So a lot of money coming in and out for them. And then they bring in Smith and Paling, both former first-round picks. They haven't really lived up to the hype just yet, but Ty, Ty Smith's 22, Ryan Paling 23. They're projects right now. Maybe they go back down, play in the, mar- in the minors, and potentially they then go play some fourth-line minutes and develop with the organization as well. Okay, so the Flames. I want to go back to the Flames here. There is a situation between the Flames and now Matthew Kachuk. As apparently the Flames fly, filed for club-elected salary arbitration with Kachuk yesterday. That means Matthew Kachuk is no longer eligible to be signed to the offer sheet, A, by opposing teams, or cannot accept the $9 million qualifying offer that was originally set out to him. The deadline to do so was July 22nd, but arbitration hearings begin between July 27th and August 11th. Filing for arbitration gives the Flames a little bit more time to potentially work out a deal. A lot of people don't think this is going to happen. I think it does because Goudreau is gone. I think they can now sign him to an eight-year, $11 million AAV deal. He had 42 goals, 104 points. I think they can give Kachuk the C. He's only 24. You can sign him to 32, give him a massive deal. Um, he was 14th, apparently, in heart trophy voting and was a second basically uh second team all-star but they got about 18 and a half million dollars to work with in terms of cap space however other rfas right now include andrew manjupani oliver kylington who are both going to arbitration hearings but again evolving hawk b projects the deal to about 11.27 million dollars with matthew kachuk i think kachuk stays I think a deal gets done where the Flames get him on a, on a seven or eight year deal, probably around the $11 million mark. I'm not saying that's gung-ho and don't lock that number in, but you could potentially see that one. I think they give him the C. I think they give him eight years. I think that makes uh, all the sense in the world. We'll have to wait and see at that point. Um, a lot of players filing for arbitration as well. Uh, I believe there's 24 in total. I'm not going to go over all of them and what they could be getting, but nevertheless... Uh, okay, some of the bigger names include uh, Mangiapane, uh, Ethan Bear, Mason Appleton, Matthew Joseph from the Ottawa Senators as well, Lawson Krause, Oliver Kyington that, that we mentioned. Vitek Vanacek was, apparently he's got that new deal, which I just mentioned. Yessi Pugliarvi, Kyler Yamamoto, and Pavel Zaka. So those are the RFA ones, but uh, man, what a... Uh, what a time it is in, in, in Calgary right now. I think it gets done. I want to wait and see because I don't know a ton on this because this just happened yesterday and a lot of people are speculating on things that maybe they don't necessarily know. So we'll kind of, I want to wait and see first before I really make the judgment. I think he stays in Calgary because they have the cap room to do it. And I think they'll they'll make some things work because I also don't think that Sean Monahan is going to be around that team. Either they buy him out, put him on LTIR for the sake of t- terminating his contract but I think the Flames are going to be... I think they're going to keep Kachuk. I think Kachuk likes being there. I think that they have the money. They have the captaincy. They've got the eighth year. I think Kachuk would stay. Um, obviously, Goudreau choosing family, but I think Kachuk will stay in Calgary, especially offering the captaincy and the fact that he is he is that team's future. If they don't have Kachuk, Calgary's in for a world of hurt moving forward. 
Uh, last team I want to bring out here. Uh, some moves that were made involving the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, there has been quite the criticism this offseason about general manager Kyle Dubas, what he has done with this team. They're so much worse than they were last year. Oh my God. Right? Fire everybody. Trade Nylander. Right? The whole nine. It's it's honestly, it's actually kind of funny to watch. <laughs> You know, it was it was the same people that were basically saying, oh, Jack Campbell, not a starting goaltender, not the guy. Can you rely on Jack Campbell? And he signs in Edmonton. Why wouldn't they resign Jack Campbell? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, oh, it's so comical. And then they get Matt Murray. Uh, by the way, 28 years of age, $4.6 million for the next two seasons. It's two years, right? You got two years left of... of Matthews and, and Nylander. You got three years of Tavares Marner before they are up for contracts. You get a lot of UFAs coming up as well. Uh, Morgan Riley's re-signed to his new contract, which kicks in. Muzz and Brody, two years left. Lilligren got a two-year deal. They still got to sign Rasmus Sandin. They signed yet Cali Yarncroc. They signed a lot of other um, one-year deals. They brought in, of course, uh, Jordy Ben. And uh, Victor Mete, who right now are not a part of their cap friendly until they wait the decision on Rasmus Sandin. Right now, they have they are over the cap by one point, basically one point five million dollars. It's one point four nine three, but it's about one point five million dollars. But they've got twenty two roster players right now. But they've signed, they have enough players to already roster team. Looking up front. Players that are probably going to go include Alexander Kerfoot. He's 27 years old. People think he's a lot older. He's 27. They've re-signed Pierre Engvall. 27. There's a limited no-move clause that goes in where he's got a 10-team no-trade list. Wayne Simmons has the same thing, but he might not be a part of that team. Kerfoot's likely a guy that could go. But for the Leafs, if you really think about it, if you if 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 the makeup of the team is bothering you and like, oh, like their top six, you know, they're they got they're gonna have Kerfoot in their top six. Right, he was in their top six last year, and they were one of they were the fourth best team in the league. They still have Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander. They still got Bunting, by the way, Michael Bunting, who uh is a player on this team who makes 950k. The more I've thought about this, the more I wonder if a guy like Jake Muzzin gets moved. I don't want him moved, but argument's sake here, the Leafs move on from Alex Kerfoot and Jake Muzzin. That frees up $9.1 million. So if you take the one and a half that they're over right now and subtract that from, let's just make it nine to make things even. They have $7.5 million to work with. That's more than enough money to re-sign Rasmus Sandin. You could probably get another player on the free agency market, maybe a guy like Sonny Milano. You could sign Nito Niederreiter if you wanted to. So by moving players like Kerfoot and Muzzin, you free up $9 million in cap. Instead of getting players back because you're trying to clear cap, you get picks and prospects, something that Toronto apparently is lacking significantly. You use some of that money to bring in a guy like Sonny Milano or Nino Rina Ryder to, to shore up your top six. You can still go for it. 
You've signed a basically Jake Muzzin replacement in a Jory, in a Jory Ben. You could have Rasmus Sandin fill in. You've got Mark Giordano signed at two years, 800K, but he is a great bottom pairing defenseman who's just like him there is perfect. And if you don't like your defenseman, you can move Hall or you could trade for another defenseman. Here's the caveat with that, though. Let's say you don't want to sign anybody and you free up the. What is it? Seven and a half million. We came upon the number. In two years, when you've got to re-sign Nylander and Matthews, who will each get pay raises of about two, two and a half million dollars, you now have the cap space to do it without worrying about anything. There's your money to re-sign Michael Bunting. Remember when Zach Hyman was a free agent, the Leafs didn't have any cap space to re-sign him and he goes to Edmonton, he's great. The issue was Toronto didn't have the cap to afford it. If you move those players out, you can afford it. Now, I'm going to say this again. I like Toronto a lot more with Jake Muzzin on him. Him in the playoffs is a player that that team needs. But Jordy Ben is a cheaper replacement. He's not as good of a player. But he's a guy that fills in and can play that type of role, even if it's a little bit lower. Rasmus Sandin is all this potential, all this prime. Give him a contract. Put him in the top four. See how he plays. Put Sandin with Brody. Put Lilligan with Riley. You mix and match the youngsters. You got a bottom pair of maybe either... Uh, again, I don't like Justin Hall. I don't know why he's on the team still. But if it's Hall and Giordano, or if it's Giordano and Jordy Ben. You know what I mean? They have options. Now, maybe they don't move him. Maybe they find a way to move off Justin Hall and they put they put Sandy on the right side. Sure. And now I like the defense a lot more. But Hall's a right-hand shot. Only two million bucks. He also has a modified no-move clause where he has a 10-team list. So it's not necessarily as easy to uh to move him, but You know, I know teams really, really love the whole right-hand shot, cheap defenseman thing. Some teams covet that quite a bit, and I feel like Toronto is one of those teams. But if you move out Muzzin and Kerfoot, it's $9 million. Take out the 1.5 right now that they're currently over. You got seven and a half million bucks to work with. Hey, Michael Bunting, there's a new contract. Hey, David Camp, we like you. We want you to stay around. You're only 27. Here's a new contract. Hey, Nicholas Obey-Kubel, we really liked you. You're 26. Here's a new contract. In two years... Justin Hall's either off the books or Giordano's off the books or someone else comes off the books. Hey, William Nylander, we really like you. Here's a new deal. Seven and a half million dollars dispersed among your team does a lot more for you than you probably think. I'm not saying I like it. But as a guy who's been hurt for a lot of the last couple of years, he's 33 with two years left on that deal. 
I like him on Toronto, but if they really wanted to look ahead to their future and really solidify that that core is set for life and Morgan Riley really becomes the guy where he's playing 25, 26 minutes a night, prime of his career 28, I'm just spitballing, but it's a thought. All right, before we head on out of here, just want to give a shout out uh, to veteran defenseman Andre Sakara. He retired from the NHL after 16 seasons yesterday. He spent the first seven years in Western New York after being drafted by Buffalo. He then had stints in Carolina, the Kings, and then he joined the Edmonton Oilers and, of course, the Dallas Stars for his last three seasons. He played in 842 career games, uh, registering 253 points as well. He only had really three seasons of at least 30 points, but super underrated for his defensive uh, abilities and was constantly playing against team's top players. 16-year career for Andre Sequeira. Congratulations on a magnificent career. All right, that does it for today. Thank you for listening. As always, SD Hockey Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Hopefully I got to everybody. There might be some more news coming on too about the NHL. I'm going to keep up the weekly episodes I feel like now the news has, has, you know, died down a little bit. I can get into depth about some things that I want to talk about, give you some theories, some hypotheticals, instead of just, like, throwing stats and news at you. But uh, nevertheless, uh, they will continue on. They might be a little shorter than the 40-whatever-minute episode we have here, but uh, the weekly episodes will continue to come. So enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the heat if you're in anywhere in Ontario right now. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, enjoy. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.